0: Good morning everyone! Happy Tuesday! I decided this morning I was gonna start thinking about what my own morning routine is gonna be and I realized that the first thing I want to do when I wake up is drink coffee outside. Now that's not always feasible here in Chicago because for most of the year it's very very cold. However, the, The weather varies quite a lot. This morning it was 65 degrees, which is the perfect weather to drink coffee outside. So it was quite lovely. So I drank coffee outside this morning while preparing for this. So I think that's going to be one thing that I do in my official morning routine. Wake up, drink coffee outside, get on a live stream. I don't See, know I, if I'll add anything else to it yet.
1: I really don't miss Buffalo whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. it's really cold in the winter. And it's really muggy in the summer. And I'm just like, what seasons do you enjoy in this city?
0: Yeah. So. Well, here the fall is really <laughs> nice. And the spring is really nice. Actually, I think all the seasons are really nice. But it just depends which ones are really nice to be outside for a long period of time during. So, like, the the winter and the summer. Like, the winter gets really cold. I think the summer gets really hot. But when I've talked to my southern friends, they think my idea of the winter or the summer getting really hot is absurd. So maybe it doesn't get that hot.
1: In the Um, south or in Chicago?
0: In Chicago. No, in the south, it gets super hot.
1: Yeah, I was going to say in in the south, you melt.
0: Yeah, well, because it gets like, I don't know. It'll be like. 95 degrees here, which I know is apparently not that bad, according to people who live in the South. No, that's bad. Oh, it's bad? Okay, well, thats I think that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. And because there's also... Uh,
1: I don't like 95. In fact, New Orleans is easy, because you just go from one AC unit to the next. Everyone here has AC.
0: Yeah, my AC broke last summer. And then the repairman ghosted me. That's rude. It was so rude, we called the repair guy. He came over, he looked at the unit, and he said, I can fix this, but first I have to to go back and get another part. Uh, I'll come back later this week. I'll call you guys to let you know when. And he said, okay. So he left. He didn't come back that week. So I called him, and I went to voicemail. I called him six more times through various different numbers for him and his company, and he refused to answer. I left voicemails. The repairman ghosted me. And then at that point, the summer was about over, and we never got our AC fixed. So it was just really hot.
1: You got ghosted by the AC man, that's brutal. (laughs) That's fucking, I mean, it sounds like everyone got ghosted by him if you called him from six different numbers. It sounds like that he just like, I don't know, got in deep with some mobsters at a poker game and then had to disappear.
0: Maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but this year we're gonna, we gotta try getting someone out here again. Maybe a different company.
1: Yeah, good luck. Um, I don't know what to say to that other than I hope that he's okay. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm happy RAC works.
0: Yeah, I'm happy yours does too. Right now, it's just so beautiful here um, today. So, uh, anyway, my goal for my morning routine is to drink coffee outside every morning before I start doing any work
1: stop picking your nose i'm only interested in illegit novels not legit ones so if you have any bastard novel ideas send them my way love it that's gonna be the name of our press the bastard novels
0: i absolutely love that i know oh stop picking your noses reading sculpt yourself oh my god i'm so glad you're enjoying it so far thank you i like when people uh, let me know that kind of thing that's so exciting and if someone's like, Savvy, I'm reading one of your books and I think it's dumb and hate it, you can let me know that too. And I won't be rude about it. I'm not Gabby Hanna.
1: Savvy, I'm reading all of your books and I think they're dumb and stupid. And I, I know it. that
0: you don't mean that because you specifically said you like to lie to your friends or maybe you do. Actually, I don't know. Are you lying now or were you lying when you gave them a good review? You'll That's never know. I'll never know.
1: <laughs> it's, it's much like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world will never know.
0: Uh, I should I should call the AC repair again before it gets hot. Brittany, that's a good point.
1: That commercial is a purple cow. Because that, that has stuck in the zeitgeist yes. of, our, of our generation quite a bit. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. Wait, oh, Joe what? did a, a
0: unboxing of Chewy's book? He did? Oh my god, I need to... I need our to Joe? Yeah, well he ordered it for his niece. And I sent it. I mailed it to him. Apparently, he did a little unboxing. Is it on his YouTube channel? Because if so, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, Joe. Joe, can you send me a link to it? I will. We'll watch it on the on the stream if you want. That's awesome. I'm so excited.
1: Joe's too good to us, and everyone should like this video if we get a link to it. Everyone should send Joe some love. Um, and I'm with okay. I'm with okay weird. Like I, I think I've said this before on the stream. If it's an indie book, I give it five stars. Even if I hate the author, I give it five stars because I feel like, um, I feel like no matter how I feel about an individual author, I hate the monopolies that run publishing more.
0: I mean, that's true. I, I do agree that I hate the monopolies that run, or I guess the, what, oligopolies that are going to soon be monopolies. I that hate they the consolidated
1: emerging. powers. I, 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 I hate <laughs> penguin random mouse Sasquatch Simon Schuster, I had to throw in the Sasquatch because I watched that documentary yesterday, Um, and Amazon. I just like Amazon more because they pay me to have their market power.
0: I mean, I I hate Amazon just as much. That's why you gotta be like me and ship the books out of your living room.
1: Amazon successfully bribing me at this point in time. But one day it won't successfully bribe me, and by that day—that's day, fair. He'll...
0: I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, tied to Google at this point because YouTube is now where I'm making over half of my income. It's the largest amount of my income from a single source is from YouTube.
1: Dude, when when Simon Schuster got bought, and all of those authors that were on their roster were like questioning if they were if they still had work. It felt so I, I don't want to say like I have nothing against those authors whatsoever. So I felt horrible for them. But then I collect my cause I make almost all of my indie money through Audible. Um like mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll like I'll have a month where I make like twelve bucks off of Kindle. I'm like, oh man, what a shitty month. And I get like 150 bucks from Audible. And then I'm just like, oh, this is now awesome. I need
0: to start recording I need to record some of my
1: audiobooks if Audible's been we have Well, I think it's because of the 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 monthly tokens. Like people are willing to take for first off, you get the you get the free credits which you can give to people. Oh,
0: Jess is here. Jess uh, was was off uh, doing makeup for a movie.
1: Yeah, and and... she shared in her story who it was.
0: And now she's back and is shocked by our new haircuts.
1: Yeah, welcome back. So um, as as far as that's concerned, like, yeah, you should absolutely do Audible. But um, I forgot what my point was. I'll just pass the ball back to you.
0: Oh, I think you were talking about how on Audible, because you get the credits, people are willing to take a risk on books with them because it doesn't feel like money because it's more like uh, microtransactions or in-app currency.
1: Yeah, and then they also, uh, you get paid when you give away the free uh, codes that you have as well. So you're guaranteed to sell like 50 copies of your
0: book. You think think Kindle Vella will operate the same way?
1: I have no clue. Um, I'm interested in Kindle Vella because it exists um, and it's an opportunity to be an early adopter. Um, And if you get an early, like any good pyramid scheme, you're gonna be on top.
0: (laughs) Guys, we're working on a Kindle Vela book. I'm gonna show it to you guys right now.
1: No, my head is not cold. I live in New Orleans, so it's it's hot.
0: (laughs) My head is sometimes cold, but not today. It's really nice out today.
1: But I'm wearing my University of Buffalo hoodie today.
0: Yay, you didn't even go there.
1: Yeah, I did This is where I, this is where I got my master's degree.
0: Oh, it is where you got your master's, isn't it? I guess in my mind, I thought I always, always thought you were in New Orleans from the second you graduated, but that's not true.
1: No, I did a uh, University of Maryland. Then I went to Montana briefly, um, just for the mountains. It's beautiful out there. Recommended to anyone. Uh, then I went back to Buffalo for that in-state tuition for grad school because I wanted to study more.
0: That's wild. Yeah, I guess I just. I live in Chicago. I went to undergrad and grad school in Chicago. I don't like to move around very much.
1: Sarah loves donuts. Did you get my pick? Probably. I'm not sure. I'm blanking. So I'm not going to lie. I try and talk to a lot of y'all all day, every day, and I'm sort of blanking right now on what the picture was. Can you remind me? So, you uh, guys.
0: We've been, we started working the other week on this thing right here. We'll see if Kendall Vell is going to be a purple cow. Oh, not. your
1: shaved head. No, I don't think, I did not get that. Oh, I where, didn't get it
0: either. Where did you send it? Because I couldn't find it on the Facebook chat.
1: Yeah, where did you send it?
0: Because we'll show it once, you, once we find it.
1: Nobody asked you, Patrice. Yeah, this is what we're working on, y'all. This is
0: what we're working on. Um, So this, uh, I think we talked about this briefly the other week. But right now, um, Amazon's in the process. It's in beta right now. But they're rolling out this new program called Kindle Vela. Your partner went to Northwestern for undergrad? Me too. Wait, you and RK went to college together and me and your partner went to college together? Is that for real? What what was your partner's name? Because I'm going to just blow my mind if we know each other. Please tell me in the chat.
1: Isn't it wild how blow your mind is a good thing, but blow your brains isn't?
0: That's not a good thing, exactly. That's the
1: opposite of a good thing.
0: Yeah, Dark Painted Ruse, if we've all known each other this whole time, that's going to be hilarious. Uh-
1: <laughs> we, we, we've we been in each other's, we, we, we were we were just orbiting each other for years, Savvy. We've been for orbiting years. each other since, like, 2012.
0: I love it, I love it. This is like... This is like Twilight. we were like destined to be podcast partners.
1: Yeah and get wealthy, invest by using our, uh, our vampire friends to see the future and invest in the stock market. I it's such a stupid thing that you I, I, like the more you read about Twilight, the more it just sounds stupid.
0: Okay, his name, I don't know how to pronounce that is that Yemen Jamin? Either way, I don't think I know him because I don't think I know anyone with that name, but I did know a lot of people doing music education. My best one of my best friends, was uh, a music education person who now teaches music education in 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 Chicago public schools. Um, also, also, I guess I didn't ask what years this was. I just assumed it was the same years that I was there. But you
1: you, was, you assume everyone's the same height just, and everyone's the same age.
0: Everyone's the same height and age as me. Everyone is five foot six and twenty eight years old.
1: And Brittany Neff is one hundred percent an audible whore. Some reason I will not buy books if I'm iffy about it, but Audible give me all the risks. Who cares? It's not real money. Respect, Brittany.
0: <laughs> I love it. So yeah, this is this is a thing that's in beta that's going to be rolled out pretty soon <laughs> called Kindle Vela, and it's like you can read. We're working on these different episodes. What you do is you get like you you pay for in app tokens, and Jamin. Jamin. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, so you get these in-app tokens, and you can spend them to uh, to get new chapters, depending on the length of the chapter will be how many, like, tokens it is. So you can Your just... Yeah, oh, it exactly. says publication
1: status live.
0: It says live, but there's no, there's no, there's no Vela store yet. Like, if you search for the store, it doesn't exist yet.
1: It's fucking liars. So I
0: think by the mean by live is like once the store is open for customers it will immediately be there would be my guess. But I don't know. So we we're working on um basically it's a we're this is going to be what we do for our book that the success rule where we're going to write about the experience of living as each person and delve into what we learned and we thought it, this would be a fun book to try for this one because Kindle Vella right now is seems to primarily be appealing to romance and erotica writers, so it's going to be really flooded with that. I've heard almost no one talk about using it for nonfiction, so I think we're going to we're going to be early on that, and two because theoretically this book doesn't have an end, so it makes sense to have let people read it chapter by chapter because who knows if we'll ever have an end to this.
1: We just want to be Rachel Hollis, so we're gonna we're gonna try. The Rachel Holland method of writing forever. I don't fucking know where I was going with that.
0: I don't know where you're going with that either, but it's okay because I was trying to come up with a, I don't know where I'm going with this either. I was trying to write a little like fake business guru saying in my head, like if you don't know where you're going something, but I don't have it. I don't have it in my head right now.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that that does exist. Like if you don't know where you're going, go anyway.
0: Yeah, there you go. Something like that. Um, All right, y'all. So, Purple Cows. We're talking about Purple Cow. We're talking about Seth Godin's book, Purple Cow, today, and also about the Purple Cows of both the Twilight series and the Nickelodeon channel.
1: I saw Uh, a purple cow today.
0: You did? What was it?
1: This guy who still got good results from working out in the end, but he was complaining about his results halfway through because he's like, I've been doing this workout for a week and a half and I'm not seeing any results. And I'm sticking strict to my diet and this is what I'm eating. And he shared his diet and it included like cake somewhat regularly and Panda Express daily. And he claimed he was eating Panda Express daily because it's high in protein. Like, yeah, it's also high in everything.
0: Yeah. Very high in sodium, especially. Very high in sodium. She's like, why am I not losing weight? Stop eating the Ando Express every day. Just eat a (laughs) bottle of salt. (laughs)
1: Like, like, Jesus.
0: Speaking of which, I'm going to continue to not see any results in my getting in shape because I'm going to have a donut right now. I decided yesterday I went to Dunkin' Donuts for an iced coffee, and then I got some donuts to eat throughout the week in the morning because, you know, this is my life, and I can eat donuts in the morning if I want.
1: Aaron and I still haven't done it yet, but apparently when you get your second vaccination, you can get free Krispy Kreme donuts for a year.
0: Um, you just show like your vaccine card when you go there?
1: I guess so. We can dance if you want to.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I'll be excited for that. I'm definitely going to get Krispy Kreme donuts.
1: Uh, Sounds like my life. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, sometimes I'm like Michael Scott and I start speaking and I don't know where it's going, but I keep going anyway. <laughs> So, what? Hmm. Oh, I was just reading the comments. What the literal heck is wrong with some people? I don't know. Like, why do they expect to lose weight if they're eating Panda Express every day, high in everything except medical and recreational? <laughs> okay, weird is funny.
0: Well, here's the thing: if you're eating Panda Express every day, but you're counting calories from it, you're let's not. Say, let's say if you eat a thousand calories of Panda Express a day and you eat literally nothing else, you'll lose weight from that. Maybe. I mean, definitely. If you're eating only a thousand calories a day, everybody's body burns more than that at rest, unless you're like a child.
1: Maybe. Well, I've, don't childs burn more?
0: Yeah, maybe they do. So my point is, like, I don't like everybody burns pretty much at least, even like smaller people burn at least like 12, 1,300 calories just fully at rest. And that's well, that way, we we, work now on. we now we got to
1: define weight, though. I mean, like, yeah, they might lose weight, but they might.
0: Yeah, I mean Losing, they might, like
1: muscle. Like, they, they, they might, might, lose be, they, muscle. might...
0: <laughs> they might lose like weight that they wanted to keep, but they will their body will eat it. Like regardless, they will they will
1: weigh fewer pounds and they're definitely going to retain more water weight cuz it's so high in sodium. Like I'm, oh, I yeah. I like I know I know I know cutting calories does lose weight. I just um I just can't I can't see a situation where eating 1000 calories of Panda Express gets you the body you want.
0: Oh, it, it won't, unless the oh, body... Um, unless you
1: want that Unless candy. the
0: body you want is to be, like, a, a skinny, scrawny person who's always
1: also bloated from the sodium. He's constantly farting. But if
0: that's the body you want, like, you do you. I'm not gonna king shame.
1: Yeah, like, I'd, I'd much rather... Erin made this Partha bread, which is fucking mm. delicious. Um, she also made some... She, she made some tortillas yesterday, too. Um... So we had quesadillas for dinner because she made tortillas at school.
0: That sounds so good.
1: Oh yeah, it's so fucking good. Um, she's just bring she's 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 the breadwinner at the moment.
0: Haha, ha, I get what you did there.
1: Yeah, you got what I did there. I That's got what
0: you did there.
1: You got it. You saw it right there. You saw it right through it. No, she's been bringing home a lot of good baked goods. Um. That's why, like, when we move into this new house, because it's looking like we are going to, and then we can get back to the purple cow. Like, I want to put all of my money into getting this kitchen up. Actually, I don't think I sent it to you, but um, I'm looking at Lowe's. Yeah. A lot for shit, and they have all of this these do-it-yourself projects, and one of them is do-it-yourself make your own pizza oven. And I'm just th- and I'm just thinking, do I have enough space in the backyard to do this? Because this would be a fun project to do.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna start finally redoing our bedroom now that um, we Marie Kondo'd it, it was, it was a, a disaster before, and now it's, like, a completely new room already, so I think we're gonna repaint it, because our, our bedroom is this really ugly color. The only way I can describe it is the paint on the wall is the color of, like, lemon lime pudding. It's not that, a good color. It it's not a good color for a wall. It's, like, it's, like, Faded pastel, but also bright greenish yellow. It's like, in some lights, it looks like mint chocolate chip ice cream color, but not really. It's not easy on the eyes at all. It's a terrible color. We have no idea why the people before us painted it that color. Um, so we want to... Maybe see
1: Buscemi paint, but...
0: we did. Um, we did play The Sims, and we constructed our bedroom in The Sims, and then tried out different wall colors on it. It was
1: very fun. Dude, the do-it-yourself pizza oven—it looks like a great time. Sorry, I was reading the comments too, uh, yeah. but yeah, your colors sound awful.
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna do that. It, but it's very fun, guys. I would recommend if you want to think about redoing stuff in your house, make it on the Sims because that's what we were doing the other week, and it was really fun. And we were Is that visualizing. That. Yeah, it's Are like you- visualizing. That's the thing I struggle with visualizing just in my brain. So I can visualize by making it on the Sims. That's how I'm gonna visualize things.
1: Maybe the Sims should, like, repackage some of their uh, games as manifestation tools.
0: And then I visualized myself, too. Like, I made a character for the house, and I was like, this is going to be the ideal version of me. And she had really small chest and really thick calves. And I was like, this is going to be my body. when i you want the thick calves? Form. Oh, because I used to spend a lot of time working out on my calves. Because I just think that really, really thick calves look really good i love thick calves i used to spend so much time at the gym just working on calves so that they would get bigger do you like and them on everyone. you or
1: on other people like are do you have a calf everyone.
0: fetish? not a fetish no i just think it looks good
1: like you don't want to put lines of coke on the on the defined muscle of the calf and snort it
0: i mean maybe under the right circumstances under the right circumstance
1: well when the color around you is not lemon lime puke
0: Dude, I should start doing like streams. That's like using playing The Sims to manifest my ideal life, and maybe that would bring in
1: some views on Twitch. I mean, your your Twitch name is Simpson Sims. Simpson Sims, 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 yeah. Yeah. dark yeah. um, so, so painted gotta,
0: versus thick calves are a marching band thing. They absolutely are. I had them for a while from from that, but I wanted them to be even thicker. Like they weren't thick enough just from that. So I would like go to the gym like three times a week and work really hard on my calves.
1: So you want like quadruple C's. Oh yeah. I'm not the double C thick. You you want like all 26 letters of the alphabet to be C.
0: Jennifer has a good point. The Sims, when you build houses, it hates the lack of finishes and no color wheel. I definitely think that the Sims four could have some more um, options when building houses, although it's progressed a lot since the previous games. So, but there are definitely things where I'm like, yeah, I wish they had this kind of thing or this kind of thing a little more. Yeah.
1: Mushroom Destroyer, do you think you have muscular calves because you're a chonky lady? I, like, I wonder if, like, sa- do you think it's a marching band thing? Or do you think it's, like, if, 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 like, you're heavier on top, then your legs just become more muscular?
0: I mean, I think it's a marching band thing just because of the type of exercise you do. Oh, no, no, I, 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 I
1: didn't mean to connect the two. I was I was just thinking of two different ideas out loud. Do mm, so you think it's, like, can people also get big calves from being top-heavy? Because, like, I've seen some, like, retired firefighters who are really heavy on top and then just jacked legs.
0: Well, I mean, maybe it's because I haven't worked out in a while that I don't have the jacked legs anymore, but I'm very top-heavy. Um. Yeah, I'm just a very top-heavy person. I have a large head and a large chest, and the rest of me is not that big. I, have Wall, a, I, do, I do, I do have a, I do have a pretty thick ass. Just so you guys know, just in case anyone thought I didn't have a. Thick oh no, ass, you're you're you're,
1: t- you're taller when you sit down. I know that. Um, Lisa <laughs> Wall, not through, so that that's that's that discussion's over. Yeah. And Mushroom Destroyer said that when she lost weight, her calves got bulkier. So it's Ooh. not
0: true. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I need to do, I guess, is gain a lot of weight. And then lose it so my calves get bulkier. This is actually what I've talked to Tyler about because Tyler is actually overweight and he's talked about how, you know, being a heavier person makes his calves stronger because you're walking around with more weight
1: all the time. Tyler and I both thought the same thing.
0: (laughs) So, but he was talking about that. So I was kind of like, maybe I should gain a lot of weight first and then use that to work on my calves and then lose my weight.
1: Just wear one of those, like, 20-pound... They actually don't do that because you have scoliosis, and that'll just kill you. Yeah, Um, you
0: know, maybe I I shouldn't (laughs) gain any
1: weight because my back's already a mess. I was going to say, wear wear one of those weight vests, and I was like, I feel like a weight vest on, on like, a structure that's not sound is not a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry, y'all. Back to the purple cows. So... This Wait, right. I want
1: to highlight Joe's comment. Then we can go back to purple cows because he has tree trunks for legs. Tree Which,
0: trunks you know? for
1: legs. Way to go, Joe! Way to be muscular and green all in one.
0: Tree trunks are not green; they're brown.
1: No, but he's part of a forest. I mean, he's he's oh, combi- like, yeah
0: yeah yeah. He's, he's like he's- environmental.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. That's what I was saying. He's he- Joe is reducing carbon emissions with his legs.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's that's what I was saying.
0: So this week we read Purple Cow by Seth Godin. We started talking about it a little bit yesterday, but the idea of the purple cow is the thing that stands out. And in this book, he talks a lot about how when you're looking at trying to sell a product, you don't want to spend your time trying to figure out like marketing tricks or how to reach an audience, but rather figure out how to adjust the product to meet what the audience already needs and then that will be the thing that will stand out more. It seems like pretty obvious advice but he does talk about a bunch of good examples. I think the thing he was saying was like don't make a, a key and then don't have a key and then try to find a lock that fits the key but rather find a lock and then make a key to fit it. That was basically what he was saying.
1: Yeah, he also um, said don't look under the no that was Disney Channel. <laughs>
0: That's totally fair, and the idea is that the purple cow is the thing that lasts over time. And so, two of them that we were talking about were Twilight because I just watched the Twilight movies this past weekend, and Nickelodeon. I just watched last night. I watched the Orange Years documentary on Hulu, so we can now talk about that documentary together. Um, so, I guess from your perspective, why do you think the Nickelodeon channel was a purple cow?
1: Well, I just want to also touch on, he didn't necessarily say the purple cow lasts over time. He said, and this is just for me saying it out loud, not because of what you said being wrong. You weren't wrong. But he he, basi- he basically said um, you build trust with your audience when you have a purple cow. So companies, and, and an example of this would be Apple. Apple built a lot of trust in a diehard fan base for innovating. Apple hasn't been innovative for years. It just reinvents the wheel every single year. Um, and it follows trends and momentum, but because it built such a core and strong audience during the Steve job years, um, it doesn't have to. So the purple cow builds longevity in the audience, not necessarily in um, like the product remaining revolutionary. So that that's sort of yeah. what he was getting at. And that's what Nickelodeon has done. That's what Apple has done. That's what uh, Microsoft had historically done. They're actually doing a good job of reinventing themselves now. Um, And what was the other example? You said Twilight. Well, Twilight, you don't have to worry about that. No, no, Twilight tried reinventing itself. They released a new book. Yeah. Yeah, they released the prequel. Which I don't understand why. I I don't know why they did that because, like, most of their audience, they like they they like Twilight for the nostalgia, not because it's 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 trying. Like, I I felt like a lot of people bought it. A lot of people bought it to try and recapture their childhood, but I can only think of one booktuber who actually liked it, and she got torn apart for it. She did, oh yeah, Chandler. Dude,
0: that's why. That's why I don't do mostly booktube stuff anymore because you have the wrong opinion, and people come for you.
1: Well, no, she got torn apart by like off like she she was like on on Reddit and and it's, like people like she was just on Instagram too. Someone was like, "This is a real review," and they were just sharing her five star review for the new Twilight book that's so
0: mean people are like yeah that's the thing guys on book youtube people a lot of people cannot comprehend that you might like a book they didn't like or you might not like a book
1: they did like they just cannot like it doesn't compute but she called Edward Cullen a consensual king which is kind of funny (laughs)
0: I don't know about that. I don't know about that one.
1: I don't know about
0: that.
1: <laughs> so so, so defend, defend, her rev- defend her right to review, but I maybe don't defend the, fact the review that she,
0: yet. She, she liked a book, and that is valid. I don't know if I agree with that point so much.
1: No. 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 So with that being said, Twilight and Nickelodeon, what made them their purple cows? I mean, with Nickelodeon, I thought it was fascinating that they had a very clear defined purpose and why they exist like what they were aiming for. Um, and I think that's something that's often missed because a lot of times the purpose, even if one can't admit it is is money and if you can admit that that's great. Uh, I, I, I think being dishonest with yourself it, it, either being too dishonest or too vague, which is to say the same thing, is one of the biggest issues when coming up with a new idea.
0: Yeah. I I okay. So I really enjoyed the documentary. It was also very biased, though. Like it was not it, the documentary was very. uh I mean, they they didn't even acknowledge Dan Schneider's existence, dude. They didn't even bring up his name. And I get why. Like
1: they they erased him, and yeah, it was, it was from, from Edward's existence. POV. Yeah. To the comments, it, it wasn't a prequel. So it was from Edward's POV.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked the documentary mostly from the perspective of I really enjoyed learning about some of the the behind the scenes uh, logistics and all that behind some of the shows I really liked as a kid. I thought that was cool. Um, but I definitely, I was like, yeah, you're, you're kind of ignoring a, the uh, big part. A big part, the a big uh, elephant in the room. big <laughs> elephant in the room. I didn't know what I was gonna it. call him an elephant or something else, but I decided not to say it, even though we're not monetized yet.
1: But I was like... Well, hey, a- elephant in the room isn't offensive. That's a pretty common colloquialism. No, 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 I was going to yeah. call him...
0: Uh, I was oh, going to call out. him on. Yeah, yeah, I was going to call him user. what he was, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's... Uh, I was kind of like, that's interesting. I was like, I wonder if they're going to talk about him and talk about the controversy, because generally I feel like Documentaries, you know, d- try to explore a multitude of things and also they dress the good and the bad. Like, one reason I really liked the Unwell documentary on Netflix was uh, when they did the essential oils episode, they really presented a lot of viewpoints about essential oils, and even there were even sections with Pro MLM people and people who were in favor of using uh, oils in place of medicine, and while like there were a lot of people who had terrible opinions, and there there were also people who would counter that and be like, no, don't do this. But you heard directly from each source, and you heard about the conflict, and you heard about where the controversies came in and things like that. So I thought that was interesting. I'm not saying that like they needed to talk extensively about him when he's obviously a, a terrible human and not not good for the company. But I feel like since he was such a, a like huge influence on a lot of their most popular shows, it would make sense to at least cover the controversy
1: of, of what happened. But I don't know. He was a big deal in all that, wasn't he? And he was definitely yeah. a big deal on Amanda's show and they completely cut him out. I mean, those were two launch Launchpad. He was for... a big
0: deal on everything. I mean, obviously, some of the later shows, the the documentary ended before they got before to that like iCarly before like iCarly or Drake and Josh or what any of the ones with Ariana Grande or any of that. But yeah,
1: yeah. So as far as what the fuck is this email? Sorry. As, as far as that is concerned, it's um. It, it, it was more of a, it, w- it was definitely more PR than a true exploration because it, it, they almost yeah. seemed like what they did was easy. Like they, they said it was hard, but they were like, yeah, we just have one success after another from the get go. Yeah, it just
0: very, <laughs> it, it really didn't feel like there was ever any conflict in this documentary. So if you watch, I would recommend if you were a kid who really liked Nickelodeon, then watch it because it's very nostalgic and fun to hear about behind the scenes of the, the shows that you liked. However, if you're watching it like as a documentary itself, there's not really any conflict in it. There's never really any tension at all because it's it's very much like, yeah, we came up with this idea for a show and it was great. And it just knocked and, out of the park. And it was just amazing. And then we came up with this other show and this other show was also just amazing. And then the and actors would come and be like, yeah, I was an actor on <laughs> that show and acting on that show was just the best time. Like everybody's just like happy the whole time, which is great. Good for them. It seems like genuinely, like it was a good network to work for. But, like, if you're looking for a documentary that's really going to go through an emotional range and make you feel like you've fully taken something away from it at the end, this probably isn't going to be it. But it, it does have a lot of good nostalgia.
1: I mean, I feel like most. I'm speaking out of my ass right here. Never mind. I'm going to say that. I was going to say one of the things I think that it had going for it is since it had so much animation, it had a lot of adult actors. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's not like you heard about the kids from Double Dare going on and having like ruined childhoods like it, they were just sort of like one off experiences.
0: Well they definitely had the actors who were kids on the live action shows when they were grown up talking like they had, like Melissa Joan Hart talking about her experience on Clarissa.
1: Yeah, and, and like she, um, she she's I mean I know she she does some things with like that Pure Flix or like that Christian Netflix thing now or yeah. that Christian company but other than that I mean she turned out Relatively normal, normal for for a yeah. child star, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They just had they had a couple. They had Drake Bell there, which was weird. because weird, they never addressed any of his shows. Well, because he's
1: we, yeah. accused of rape.
0: Yeah, and that's weird too. Yeah, I, wasn't he accused? I thought it was like domestic violence. He was. Oh, maybe
1: maybe it was that too. I, I, I don't yeah, know. so like I was, he was like, it's like a little that.
0: weird that they've got that. We're just like we're gonna include an actor who's currently under accusations <laughs> for- in Mexico. <laughs> domestic violence and then we're also just going to completely ignore and not address the groomer that was working on all of our shows for like two decades like uh, I don't know about that so there's definitely no conflict in it whatsoever
1: Uh, however there was a lot
0: of really interesting information that I enjoyed oh for the documentary we're talking about this is the Orange Years on Hulu which is a documentary about the creation of the Nickelodeon channel
1: yes uh, so as far as it's purple cow is concerned, though, I mean, like, it's not like it was wrong in what it was talking about either with its success. I mean, it found success rather rapidly. Um, I, d- I didn't know many of those earlier shows. I think the first show I knew was Pete and Pete. And it wasn't like I, w- I wasn't really conscious when they were still making new episodes of it. Yeah. Um, I just remember its um, its intro song, which was fucking fantastic. Um, but... Th- I think the first Nickelodeon show I got into may have been Rugrats.
0: Yeah, dude, Rugrats was my jam as a child. I loved Rugrats. I was so into that show. Um, I I just loved it, and it was cool to hear a little bit about the production of that. And what I found most interesting was like, okay, so I didn't watch Ren and Stimpy much as a kid. Like, I saw it in passing when it was on TV because I watched Nickelodeon like all day as a kid. Like, I just left it on all day. I was a TV child, but
1: you were the I, child they were going for. You were I, the demographic.
0: I literally was. I was exa- I also I feel like Nickelodeon kids and Disney Channel kids grew up to be different. Like I watched both channels, however, I feel like I feel like if you were primarily a Disney Channel kid and are primarily a Nickelodeon kid, you grew up like Nickelodeon kids definitely grew up to be weirder. Like, no, there were no normies who were Nickelodeon kids.
1: Well, I mean, like, think, think about its logo, like that orange splat that they could just change around. Think about how ugly the animations in the cartoons. Yeah, like, the ugly
0: like, animation. Like, we were, like, we're all the ones who are, like, <laughs> I feel like there's, like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Like, it, it was... It became culture, but I could see how it almost started as a bit of a counterculture because it was going against uh, norms on television. They even said when they first started, they weren't able to get the children audience because they were showing these incredible kids doing incredible things. And they were like, we can't survive as a network if we're just making our audience feel like shit because they're normal kids doing normal things. Like the one woman who who ran at the, pre- the head of it, I'm blanking on her name right now. She was talking about how I mean, who's our target demographic? We have this, this range of kids who are dealing with parents at, who are all going through divorces because the divorce rate's at an all-time high. Yeah. They're feeling lost and they're either going home after school and sitting in front of the TV or doing after-school programs and no one is listening to their problems and, or, or struggles and they wanted to create an opportunity for them to feel at home.
0: That was exactly what it was. And so as uh, Raising Parker was saying, so my mom didn't really leave me to my own devices. She's a very attentive mom, but she also, when I was really young, she was a single parent and worked four shifts. So as a result, I ended up like by necessity, having to watch TV all the time. And also because I was, I had a lot of medical issues, so I couldn't really do a lot of like physical things in sports. So I was uh I was pretty much a Nickelodeon kid all the time. I literally was the kid they were talking to who was like I'm I'm in an ostracized position. I'm the kid who has the single parent who is lonely and who is uh uh going through a lot of shit right now. Uh, that's why like I it's you didn't want to watch other kids' shows because there was so much and this is you know what Ben Shapiro always talks about with how he wants there to be like more traditional family programming. But that didn't appeal to me as a kid. It just made me sad to see like shows about like, you know, perfect family units and happy children because that wasn't my life. So I liked Nickelodeon where I saw weird shit all the time because I felt like I was a weird kid. So I was like, yes, I like this weird shit that I can get into this. I think it really did appeal to that.
1: And I do think you touched on an interesting point, too. But before we say that, I just want to quickly take a look at the comments, too, of uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple was Nickelodeon. Uh, where do we start off with here? Uh, dude, when I was 16, my little brother won a guitar contest from Drake Bell, went home, and Drake was drunk at 10 in the morning. That's <laughs> insane.
0: That is not surprising.
1: Kitty, how different do you think your life would have been if you were on Legends of the Hidden Temple? I feel like you'd be president. Um there was a convicted ex offender. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't say that s word there, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So fuck off. Uh, that was a casting director that worked with Dan too. There was some shady, nasty shit going on. Then you have the- see. Okay, weird. I'm actually with you. I was. I-, I loved Nickelodeon. I did enjoy it, but I was Cartoon Network first. Um, like Samurai like Jack. Cartoon Network too. See, well, Samurai Jack re-
0: my brother was really into Cartoon Network, so we would. But we, w- I love some of those the weirder Cartoon Network shows like um, Cow and Chicken.
1: Dad was a cow. He didn't care <laughs> how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we watched yeah, I love cow and chicken that one was weird i loved that i loved all the i like dexter's lab that one was great
1: <laughs> omelette du <de> fromage T it out of my laboratory yeah i love those so much yeah
0: i like Kat saying here um yeah i was definitely nickelodeon kid but then when lizzie maguire came out i was like oh i need to watch some disney channel that i think was the show that got me interested in disney channel because i love lizzie maguire that show was that show was everything. It was kind of like Clarissa explains it all. It's kind of a similar show, I guess now that I look at it, it was like Clarissa explains it all. was like the early nineties version. And then Lizzie McGuire, when did Lizzie McGuire come out? I don't even remember.
1: Early 2000s. I early think 2000s. 2000s.
0: It's like the decade later version. Yeah. It's a version. yeah, they're very, very similar in tone.
1: As far, which, which is wild because I do think that, um, both of those shows sort of shattered the notion that, uh, boys wouldn't watch a girl, uh, uh, yeah, a show exactly. starring a girl.
0: Yeah, um, they did. And it didn't even have to be like a show starring a girl where they explicitly tried to make the girl super traditionally masculine. Because there, that would happen a lot as like a thing where it's like, oh, boys will watch a show about a girl if we make her like a superhero who's super jacked and punches all the bad guys. And it's like, That's cool too. Like, absolutely, do that. But it's like you could also make a show about a girl who's not those things. And if it's an appealing show, then yeah, boys would watch it too.
1: Yeah, I think maybe Alex Mack was the one that was trying to do a little bit more of that cross. I don't really remember it too much. I see Kimberly. I remember Alex. I remember
0: her turning into puddles and sliding under things.
1: (laughs) But anyway, the point I wanted to talk about before that you brought up was: Do you think it's do you think television should be aspirational or real? Because if it's aspirational, you're running. The the risk aren't you or not you are are you not running the risk of of coming across preachy and doing the thing that Ben Shapiro hates preaching it's that's just he's thing, preaching yeah. his values
0: I mean that's that's the thing dude Ben Shapiro has his only value is whatever he likes the best that's literally there's no consistency other than that um but yeah when it when it comes to that honestly I think that there there's was some there must have been some kind of shift maybe around the time reality TV was getting bigger or something that we started seeing more aspirational television where it's like, oh, let's look at this, this look into really rich people's lives. Let's look at this look into people who are very, very successful. And it's just completely different than like what I grew up on, which was like, this is just weird shit. Let's just look at weird shit. And I just loved that. But there definitely started to come a more like, you know, here's a reality show about really rich people doing stuff you couldn't afford to do so you can live out the fantasy. But I never liked that as much.
1: I I, I never, like, I I sort of enjoy some reality TV, specifically, like, competition ones. Like, my my favorite reality TV show I watched for a while was Ink Master.
0: (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that. Maybe I'll have to check that one out.
1: uh, Because I just, I thought the tattoos were cool. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: But I, I never got into the reality TV shows where it's like, let's follow these people in the quote real. Yeah. Like the real world. And then the anything off shot like, from that Jersey yeah. shore, Alabama, Florida, Shore, whatever also it is.
0: Housewives, real housewives of whatever, and the Kardashians and all of those.
1: Yeah. Aaron got really into Vanderpump rules when, uh, when quarantine first started last year because she needed mindless television.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> so understandable.
1: That, so that, that was the closest I ever got to watching those kinds of reality TV shows. Um, And then we watched the first season of The Circle because it was ridiculous. And then we tried watching the second season that just came out. It's just too stupid.
0: So I know um, one thing I found interesting in the documentary was when they're, they're talking about Ren and Stimpy, right? And that was a show I never got into because even in my mind as a kid, like it didn't register as being a show for me. And now as an adult, I look back at it and I'm like, this was a stoner show. Like, this yep. is not a kid's show. This was a stoner show. That's the why they said time. MTV wanted it. MTV wanted it, which makes <laughs> sense. I think it's interesting that there might have been some kid. Like, I I kind of want to rewatch it as an adult now. Because when I'd watch it as a kid, I was like, it just, I couldn't get invested in. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's, I'm the person who watches this. Which is, again, this is the thing that Seth Godin talks about, right? Which is the idea that within marketing, you want to come up with this idea of people like me do this and when that that's kind of the basis you use people like me do this so when you have a product it's like people like uh-huh. x want products like x or people like who like x value this that kind of thing because it all comes down to like a self perception we all have this to an extent so i might be like people like me believe this or things like that and even if it, even if it's not like you trying to find a cult or anything you're not necessarily trying to trying to say, like, I have a group of people that do this or that believe this. But in our minds, we all perceive ourselves in a certain way. And you're like, based on our own values and the way that we want to not have necessarily just have others perceive us, but the way we want to perceive ourselves. That's why you could be disappointed in yourself when you don't live up to your values. So it's like people like me value this and do this. And as a result, that usually um, drives your buying decisions. So that's what he talks about a lot. And I think that came into play in Ren and Stimpy because I'm like, in my mind I'm like people like me do not watch Ren and Stimpy not because like I thought that there was anything wrong with it but it just did in my head it just didn't click that it was for me as a child as an adult though if I smoke some weed I might be like people like me do watch Ren and Stimpy.
1: So do you think they knew what they were doing? I mean I feel like they they had to have known what they were doing if MTV approached them for Ren and Stimpy because in my mind this might be like genius territory, so I don't know if they were actually thinking this far ahead, but in my mind they were thinking, if we're making a show that MTV wants, then we're locking in a culture that's going to stick around for decades, because they are almost creating their funnel with Doug and with Rugrats, and then when those kids age up and become stoners, they're keeping them.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they were thinking that, but honestly I, it wouldn't be surprised if they were, because a lot of people who are successful do think ahead like this. I wish the documentary had gone into more if that was part of the decision.
1: They just wanted to make Nick look as good as possible constantly. They just wanted to make
0: it look good, yeah. But yeah, I, I wonder if it's like, yeah. Because a lot of the shows around that era were like stoner shows. Like, Rocco's Modern Life wasn't like exclusively a stoner show like Red and Stimpy was, but it it's definitely like still is. Goodberger Ed is- from Good Burger. Ed from Good Burger is absolutely a stoner.
1: Yeah, he's like, I, I can't even fucking do the voice, but if yeah. someone talks like that, you know they smoke weed.
0: Right, like, as a kid, oh, dude, but I was obsessed with Good Burger as a kid, and I would watch that, I still watch that movie regularly, um, and I loved the the sketch that they would do for it, um, but as a kid, I, it was always the joke was like, oh, Ed's really silly and stupid, why is Ed so dumb, And then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, Ed is high all day long. All day long. long. Ed has never not been high this entire movie.
1: And I, it was cool when they talked about how, like, on all that. I mean, it was SNL for kids. They had the like huge stars coming that show before they blew up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I liked the story about how uh, um, how Coolio is smoking weed on the set of All That.
1: And yeah cuz the kids were
0: there. The, the kids were like, "What is this smell? Why does it smell weird?" And Coolio was like smoking weed in the back.
1: Yeah, and they weren't allowed <laughs> to go back there. <laughs> they had, they had to let people know though. They they only put kids in adjacent danger.
0: <laughs> okay, weird to, Okay, this is cool. I love this. I remember there was a there was talk of Helga from hey Arnold getting her own spin-off on MTV and it would be centered around her family, but it fell through in development. That is a shame cuz I would have watched that. I would have watched a more adult show about Helga's really messed up, dysfunctional family.
1: Yeah. I mean, so actually I kind of think, Hey Arnold did a good job of making everyone's family interesting. If you look at it, I mean, Phoebe had the incredibly strict parents, Helga had the incredibly dysfunctional family. Gerald had the older brother who was like a star athlete and better than him in almost everything. And he was the middle child. His, his, his baby sister got all the attention. He sort of felt forgotten by his family who wanted the best for him. Um, but also held him, they, they just sort of ignored him except for when he messed up. Uh, and then Arnold, of course, he came from, uh, he 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 was typical protagonist orphan, uh, but raised by his grandparents and living in a boarding house with some of the most unique characters that you can imagine. I mean, even, um, what's her face? Even Rhonda had an interesting home life because there was that episode where her incredibly wealthy persona fell apart because her dad lost all of his money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude. Hey Arnold, I think that was the show that, like, that show really spoke to a lot of kids. That show like, connected with me on every emotional level. Because all the kids in Hey Arnold had really weird and messed up lives, but they were also just kids doing their thing. Like, I feel like there's a lot of shows where it's like, these kids have weird and messed up lives, and then the show is just tragedy after tragedy. But this was a show that's like, no, dude. All these kids with weird-ass home lives are also just like, playing baseball and going to school and ha- hanging out. And then also they get into some weird adventures and then they go home and get into weird conflicts. Like that's just how it goes. And I, that show was the best dude. Also, we, need to, we need to all ha- watch Hey Arnold together.
1: Yeah. It's all, it's on Hulu. So we can do, we can set up a watch party. Yeah. Let's uh, set up
0: a Hey Arnold watch party.
1: Whatever happened to baseball in the street? Because I never got to do that. We did football, but we didn't do football in the street. We did football in the park. Um, Baseball. I, never,
0: I played baseball in the driveway.
1: Oh, also, and then of course Harold had his. I mean, actually, Harold probably had one of the best home lives. He just had parents that like he he had the typical helicopter parents that uh told him he could do no wrong, even when he was becoming a bully and when yeah. he was and when he was like binge eating, they were like, "You're not fat, you're just big boned."
0: <laughs> I loved the Harold's bar mitzvah episode. That one was great, where he stole that ham. And then that wasn't the bar mitzvah episode. That wasn't. I thought they were. The, I guess I equated them in my head.
1: Oh, no, he stole. Yeah, because boat because he speaks to the rabbi in the episode. And the only because oh. I know is because I've recently watched Hey Arnold. Fair yeah. amount. He he steals the ham in the episode that he apprentices to become a butcher. And that's the rabbi right. and the yeah. rabbi punishes him by forcing him to work at the butcher. Oh, shop.
0: that's that's because he talks to the rabbi in both of those. That's why I got confused. Yeah. You're right. That's why you
1: got confused. It was, it, I see why you got confused because he did go to synagogue. It's just he uh. it's it's just the bar mitzvah episode was he wanted to live on Elk Island. And so he ran away from his bar mitzvah and he had to do his, uh, he had to prove that he met the three tenets of being a, of being a man. So he did like, he did chair, he he did charity. He did a mitzvah. He helped a mom find her son. He did charity. He gave his uh, Mr. Fudgy bar to two kids that were fighting over one so that they could each have their own. And then he, uh, he prayed when this uh, bully on the bus was about to beat him up and said, say your prayers. And he started like speaking Hebrew at him, and it scared him, and the guy ran away.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, dude. This show was so fucking good. Um, okay, weird bringing up the episodes with Big Patty. I liked all the episodes where they had the older kids who were dealing with a lot of shit, and at first you thought that the older kids were Torvald. just- Torvald. Torvald, especially, dude. Oh, my God. Whenever there was an older kid who was a bully on the show, you always knew that older kid was going to get a big redemption arc because they were dealing with some shit.
1: Yeah, Wolfgang was probably the longest payoff. Like, you find out Wolfgang comes from a pretty fucked up home, which, of course, because he's a bully. But he, Yeah, he, Wolfgang was definitely the worst of the bullies,
0: too. He was always so mean to all of them.
1: Because Torvald wasn't a bully. He just was quiet.
0: Yeah, Torvald was quiet. And Big Big Patty was a bully, right? But she...
1: Big Patty was was the bully, with, all, but she didn't want to be. She just, she just, like, all she had was her reputation. So if you fuck with that, you fuck, like, she won't stand for it. Um, but she, she sort of had a heart of gold. Like I remember in the episode where, where Helga is picking on big Patty is stemmed from jealousy because she thinks that Arnold is talking to her, but really it's just, it cuts to Arnold and Patty talking and Arnold's insisting she takes the last jello cup, but she's like, no, really, it's okay. You can have it. I don't mind. It's just them doing that for two minutes.
0: <laughs> Here's this Hey Arnold video called How Relationships Work. This is my favorite clip from Hey Arnold.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: Maria, come over here.
1: Hey, Vato, why don't you come over here?
0: Come over
1: here.
0: Come over here. Thank you. Thank you. I quote that to Tyler all the time. I'm always like, Maria, come over here.
1: Come over here. Come <laughs> over here. <laughs> so um, do you think that... <laughs> do, you, do you think that they named her Maria after West Side Story? Or you Probably. That
0: Probably. That would be my guess. Yeah.
1: Because um, that, that guy was definitely, uh, he he was as New York as they come.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as I think, uh, do we think Hey Arnold is based on taking place in New York? Because I've heard that it's based on like Seattle or something or somewhere, but it seems to be really based on New oh, York.
1: I never even thought for a second it was anywhere but New York.
0: Yeah, but I read somewhere that they based it on a couple other cities too, and I was like, I can't really believe that. This I honestly just always assumed it took place in New York as a kid.
1: Honestly, is I like, I might be speaking out of my ass right here, but I feel like it's way too big of a Jewish population to be Seattle.
0: That might be true. I don't know. I've never been to Seattle.
1: Cause like, there's a, there, like,
0: let's look it up, guys. Does Hey Arnold take place in New York?
1: It's got, yeah, the Subway song is a dead giveaway. Let's all hold hands here and the baseball like with I mean, the Seattle has the Mariners, but they don't worship them the same way New York worships the Yankees.
0: Okay, let's see. Okay, so Hey Arnold takes place. Oh, where did it go? Oh, I hate this wiki, how the ads just pop up and, and get in my way. Hold on. I was about to read it and then the ads popped up. This website's annoying. All
1: right. I, I, I think it's got to be New York.
0: So it says, Hey Arnold takes place in a realistic urban setting. A fictional American city of Hillwood, though the city is never verbally named. Contrary to popular belief, the city does not represent New York City. Craig Bartlett has officially stated that the show takes place, yeah, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I don't believe that's true. It's definitely in New York. And it says it's an amalgam of three cities he lived in, Seattle, Brooklyn, and Portland.
1: So... Brooklyn.
0: Is that Brooklyn, New York? Because the other two are are. In the well, Brooklyn's area, by but... far
1: the most heavy-handed. I mean, maybe the like maybe Elk Island is Seattle or Portland. I don't know.
0: Because I'm watching this and I'm like, this absolutely takes place in New York. Like there is no like I did not get any Pacific Northwest vibes from that show whatsoever. He,
1: he, he failed two of the three cities. He tried to hit part maybe
0: of it. Maybe he included elements of it, but um literally everyone thinks it takes place in new york so i don't think that, that that he uh was successful in that in that venture
1: i think the only thing that could possibly take place in all three of those cities is pigeon man mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's about, about it, it. Mm-hmm. but like that that could very reasonably take place in brooklyn
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm looking
1: i'm looking up what parts of hayron hey will take place in seattle
0: because I'm like, I did not think Hey Arnold took place in Seattle at all. Yeah, people in Seattle don't go, "Hey Maria, come over here." That's what, they don't do that in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I, I I just have to say, I think this is death. Of, I, I think this is death of the author. I, I um, really think this is one of those death of the author situations where once it's created, you don't listen to the input of the author. After. Oh, we
0: should make that an Instagram story poll. Does Hey Arnold take place in New York, and see what most people think?
1: Because. I mean, we like th- this guy's really trying to J.K. Rowling. Hey Arnold! He's trying to say, by the way, everyone in Hey Arnold is gay. <laughs> 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 just, just so you know, we know it's not. We know we didn't show it in the show, but it's canon now, just like how it's canon that it's Seattle, even though Seattle <laughs> would we'll say, "Hey Maria," <laughs>
0: <laughs> I literally don't in Seattle would say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't fucking. Like I, I would have never. Half imagined the
0: characters like had New York accents?
1: Yeah. I, I would have never imagined, like, maybe the boarding house was Seattle, and and that's it? They have boarding houses in New York, too, don't they? I know they do, but, like, yeah. I'm just trying to fucking know. Yeah. I really don't. Like, I'm, I'm, how many Kakashkas are in Seattle? Because, like, I know that they're all over New York.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think Craig Bartlett, the creator of Hey Arnold, just has to, He just got to take the L on this one. Except maybe that he failed like- to make it seem like it was anywhere but New York.
1: Maybe his family was like, "How could you not create a show about Seattle and Portland?" And they were like, and he was like, "No, no, I swear. Hey, Arnold takes place. It, it's it's in the amalgam of three cities. I swear. You just can't tell because it's. it's I really like laced it in there. <laughs> they even showed the bridge, the brownstone, the subway. Yeah, like I feel like that was sent. Like with with the, the headless carriageman, I feel like that was definitely Central Park.
0: Yeah, exactly." All right. I'm glad all of us here can agree that "Hey Arnold" takes place in New York, and this is this is absolutely this is uh, our head canon that is going to be real canon because death of the author.
1: Yeah, death of the author. This is this is this is a death of the author. So so thank th- thank you for coming to our TED talk <laughs> on on death of the author. You know, Nickelodeon, y'all did a fantastic job with everything except for uh, explaining your shows after the fact. And protecting your children. Yes.
0: Um, So why do we think Nickelodeon was the purple cow then? Because Uh, of its appeal to children at a time when most networks weren't doing that?
1: No, I think it's because they have a really firm understanding of Seattle. Like, they just know their audience so well. (laughs) oh (laughs) i mean i I, i've never been to seattle so for all i know i'm gonna hop off the plane there and just be like oh it's brooklyn okay i mean i've never
0: been to seattle either we should take a trip to seattle and walk around and see if we think hey arnold could reasonably be set there
1: we're gonna go to seattle and be like oh you know what i see this 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 is
0: maybe maybe we'll meet arnold there maybe uh maybe oscar kakashka is just gonna be hanging out on one of the benches
1: (laughs) maybe it is hey Arnold. maybe that's where he got the head inspiration Maybe Seattle yes. has a lot of football heads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What Bet Marie says that speaks to art is an intention or reception that creates meaning. And that's, I mean, that's the, the overall question. I would say it's reception because if the, when you're an artist of any kind, you are a professional communicator who is getting paid to communicate something to others and if the meaning others if the meaning a lot of other people interpret of it is different than what you intended then you failed to communicate it so either you got to accept that you were wrong or you got to accept that your audience is right that's what i would say
1: i just like if they if you wanted to be seattle he needed to have like one distinct feature that's clearly seattle because we we pointed to several instances where we were like uh, as Ashley pointed out, the brownstones, the Brooklyn Bridge, Central Park, um, just everything felt the, the accents, everyone, everything felt New York. If you wanted it to be Seattle, where where was the where was what's it called the Space Needle? Where, where was that? Yeah. Just just plop that in the middle of the city, and then you could say there, see, it's Seattle. Yeah. So I, I do agree it's reception, but also like I think he failed on intention too.
0: This is a good point okay weird has about how nickelodeon became the purple cow i think they knew that their audience wouldn't stay kids forever so it's like what rk has been saying they knew their audience would grow up to be stoners and return to it
1: and that's entirely possible that's what greatness probably is it's hitting an audience and creating something they want to revisit for nostalgia i think if you have that or, or just at the very least like I jokingly said once that I wanted to fa- Father in the Forest to be a book that kids read and then stoners read when they're teens. Yeah. Uh, which explains why, you know, it ends with two people becoming trees. Like, that's part of the reason why I have it from becoming a tree, because it's the stoner in me. And I feel like if I put the stoner in me in every book, I'm going to attract stoners, even if I write it for kids.
0: I think that kids and stoners have a lot in common in how they interpret media.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think the mountains, oceans, and forests, they do have access to a lot of like wilderness when they want to on Hey Arnold, so I think that might be Seattle.
0: Okay, maybe that's the Seattle element of it then.
1: I don't know. All I know about Seattle is Grey's Anatomy.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely think there's an element of longevity, because also Nickelodeon shows, they never went through a period of being not cool, you know? So like, I feel like there's always a period that you go through where something you like as a kid is cool when you're a kid and then you become a teenager and it's not cool for a while. But then when you become an adult, it's cool for the nostalgia's sake. But Nickelodeon shows never skipped. They never went through that period when they weren't cool. They were always cool the entire time. And I think there's something to say for that. Like that if you watched um, Hey Arnold as a kid, and then when you're in middle school and you're like, guys, I love Hey Arnold. All your middle school friends wouldn't be like, that's a dumb kid show. People would be like, oh yeah, me too, dude. Hey Arnold's the best. And then as an adult, now that's all the nostalgia. So I honestly think that, the, uh, I, have you noticed that too? I feel like the, the Nickelodeon shows never went through a period where it stopped being cool to watch them. I watched Nickelodeon shows consistently throughout like high school and college without ever stopping.
1: Yeah, well, again, that sort of does goes does go down to the stoner. Like, no one's like, hey, you want to get stoned and watch Lizzie McGuire?
0: Right, but people be like, you want to get stoned and watch...
1: Ren and Stimpy. Know, Ren
0: and Stimpy, absolutely. Hey, dude. Arnold.
1: I mean, Rugrats.
0: I I, I still, like,
1: every Hanukkah dude, Passover... Get,
0: getting stoned and watching Rugrats... I don't think I've ever watched Rugrats High before. We got to watch Rugrats High together. That sounds fun
1: also watch every Rugrats holiday special during the holidays. Oh, absolutely.
0: Every year. I watch the Hey Arnold holiday special every year because it's so heartwarming.
1: That Hey Arnold Christmas episode makes me cry. Also also the Hey Arnold Veterans Day episode. I'm so glad
0: when, okay, so I would talk about the Hey Arnold Veterans Day episode all the time in middle school and nobody else had seen it and none of my other friends. I'd be like, guys, remember the one where Arnold's grandpa punches Hitler and people would be like, what? That didn't happen? And I'm like, yes, it did. It was a Hey Arnold episode. And people be like, no, there's no way there was a Hey Arnold episode where Arnold's grandpa punched Hitler. And I'm like, yes,
1: there was! There was! And and, and not only does he punch Hitler, when Arnold calls him out, he's like, you didn't punch Hitler. Fine, you're right, I lied. It was actually Goebbels.
0: (laughs) Dude, that episode is so good. That's one of the best. That's also where I learned about uh, Hitler. That's where I learned about World War II was from that episode. After I watched it and I was like, who is this Adolf Hitler guy? And my mom explained the whole thing to me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's horrifying. And then for a while, I would just picture Hitler with the as a Hey Arnold animated character because I hadn't seen any real pictures of him. So I just pictured him looking like that.
1: Oh God, I remember Arnold's grandpa talking about like that night with the with the with like the milk lady or the the, oh, the, the, yeah, the, the milk lady, And he's like, oh, I'm actually not gonna share this story with you until you're older or some
0: shit.
1: Grandpa Phil is my favorite. Also Dude, Grandpa Phil, he's so great. I just want to point out two things first. One, Melinda says that you made that she loves your input, so you made a good point earlier. Oh, thank you. Two cat. Yes, I do remember Brothers Garcia. I also remember the Brothers I Garcia brothers movie.
0: Garcia. I didn't know there was a movie. I there. loved I started re-watching the show once. This was a couple of years ago when I had really bad back pain and had uh, didn't have any like painkillers. And so I couldn't really sit up or stand up. I couldn't do anything. So when I got home from work, I just put the brothers Garcia on on the couch and I watched it for hours and I was like, man, this show was good. I loved that show.
1: I just remember the one brother in the movie where like, they were all trying to guess where they were going on vacation and the one was really hoping for Cancun and was so disappointed that they were going to some wilderness location.
0: Dude, Taina! I'm glad other people watched Taina. That show was so good. My friends and I re-watched that in college.
1: We gotta I'm, I'm re-watch. Not, I did we, not watch that.
0: We gotta watch Cousin Skeeter. I loved that show so much. We gotta all rewatch it because I love shows where one character is a puppet and nobody acknowledges it. I think that's just the
1: best. <laughs> Did you ever watch Wilfred, which is sort of the opposite of it of that? No, I
0: didn't watch Wilfred. Maybe I would like that.
1: I think you might. I mean, it's it's sort of in that regard. It's but but it's 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 sort of not too. I mean, you, you know the premise of it
0: no not really he's a what he's a dog
1: elijah wood adopts a dog and then he's the only person that sees him as a human inside of a dog costume everyone else just sees a dog
0: oh that's kind of fun i would yeah. like
1: that uh Alf, is is that the name of the dog uh wilford without elijah wood yeah that that's the one that's yeah, I the remember one
0: seeing like promos for it but i never watched the show i was just like oh he's in a dog costume that's kind of funny yeah, but
1: everyone else sees him as a real dog. Actually, except for his well, that's a spoiler. But it's the only episode I've seen, except for his previous owners, who also know that he's not just a dog.
0: <laughs> I have to watch that.
1: I liked Wilford a lot, but it definitely ran its premise a bit too thin for me. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, Lisa said he wasn't the only one, but at first he is. Um, So anything else you want to add to Nick?
0: I don't think so. I think we fully discussed it as a purple cow and what it means that it really did do the thing where you find the the lock and make the key to fit it. They were like, it's the late 80s and there's a lot of kids who are going through a lot of shit right now. The traditional family structure is not what it used to be. And these kids feel differently and need something that connects with them. And they specifically made something to speak to that really weird experience.
1: They also made something to speak to them constantly. Cause I do think the, like one of the last things I'll say is it was a complete children's network. Like they included that Nick news segment they brought up. They had the game shows, they had the narrative tales. And then they also had like the late night television. And like they had Nick at night.
0: Yeah. I liked Nick at night. That's where I first started watching all the sitcoms. Like, um,
1: George Lopez.
0: George. Oh, I would love to watch I, George that, that, Lopez. That's where I
1: watch George Lopez. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we watch uh, I don't know, Full House and the Cosby show.
1: Actually, and to, to speak volumes to Nickelodeon, like aging up or le- keeping its older audience around. You know what's on Nick at night now? The Office. Really? Yeah. So it really does get it. Like it like George like it's it's fun. It's funny to think like that George Lopez has been replaced by The Office. Um, on Nick at Night because it understands that the audiences that were like our age, now, back when we were kids, they watched George Lopez show and then they were going to Nick at Night to watch it again at night. And now we're we like to us it was The Office. Now at our age and we want to look at something at night. It's it's The Office.
0: Yeah, I remember Nick at Night used to be like older shows. I used to watch. I, that's where I got into. I love Lucy. Would watch it on Nick at Night and Three. Same with Marie. Yeah. And Bet Marie. Yeah, and uh, what were the other ones? Um, the Jeffersons?
1: Oh, Friends was Nick at Night.
0: They play Friends on Nick at Night? I didn't remember, yeah. Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Oh, Island. the Brady Bunch. Dude, I watched the Brady Bunch on Nick at Night all the time. And then I started getting into watching TV Land. I loved watching TV Land. And then TV Land started producing their own shows. And I love the original TV Land shows. Because they would all be like with older actors who used to be on popular sitcoms back in the day, but then they would make a new, a new TV land show for them. I would love those.
1: Yeah, Nick at Night probably did the best at transitioning to the evening crowd because I'm trying to think of... Um, I'm trying to think of... Disney Channel at Night wasn't anything special. It just it just was like replaying the shows it played earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, Cartoon Network was the same way. So Nick was the only one that played, like, new shows at night that weren't just yeah. replaying for the West What Coast. I liked
0: about Nickelodeon, I guess this was before the channels, before they branched off into having multiple different channels. Like, I, when I would watch Nickelodeon all day long in the mid-90s, it was like you would turn on the TV in the morning and you would get all the kids' shows in the early morning. So I would, like, watch Blue's Clues in the early morning. I'd watch all that. And then you get to the middle of the day, and that's when you would get all of the, like, you know, other kid age shows, you'd get like the Double Dare shows and you would get Hey Arnold and you'd get things like that. And then when you get to nighttime, that's when you would get the sitcoms, like the Nick at Night shows. And I would be like, man, it's just like you go through the day like you're aging. And I would just, I was into it.
1: So we got another um, 10 minutes. Do you have anything else to say on Nick or do you want to quickly touch on Twilight before we wrap up? Let's talk up?
0: about Twilight a little bit before we wrap up. Sure. So Twilight also had a purple cow effect as that it was the breakout vampire romance novel and all of that. Um, I guess what, I wonder what it was about Twilight because if we're looking at it from the element of there was a lock and you made a key to fit the lock, what was, what was there? There was an audience wanting something and then Twilight filled what they wanted. And what was that is what I'm wondering.
1: Well, were there any like, why YA vampire romances at the time?
0: Probably not, honestly. I'm wondering, and that's the thing is, I haven't read or watched that much about vampires, other than, like, Nosferatu and stuff.
1: And that's definitely not YA romance. No, not at <laughs> all. And
0: that's why I'm wondering, is it that it's it took this desire of, like, a lot of people have, like, a vampire fetish. Like, a lot of people, even, like, from watching old vampire movies, would be like, the vampire's kind of hot, but it was kind of like a, like a weird thing. Like, it was kind of kind of like a counterculture thing. Kind of like well, how Ch- I think... Well, Ch- S-
1: did that before uh, Twilight, but they were just super graphic with it. And it wasn't YA.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because I feel like it definitely spoke to a crowd of people who were into vampires. And it was kind of like the non-traditional style of YA romance. Like, you weren't really wanting to be into the typical romance novels because you didn't want to just see a boring relationship, but you were into hot vampires. I don't know. I don't know.
1: See, so the funny thing that, okay, weird said is the vampire is the Harry Potter movies were coming to an end. Um, that was very evident in, in publishing, uh, when the Harry Potter movies came to an end, the magisterium series was right there to pick up the pieces and to find the people who were having a Harry Potter hangover. Um, And I can speak freely on this horrible series because I read all the books for free at my library. Mm -hmm. Uh, The weirdest thing about the Magisterium series was not just how bad it was, but like some of the decisions they made, they didn't even feel like they were ripping Harry Potter off. They felt like they were ripping the Harry Potter movies off. Like they were going after the Harry Potter movie crowd.
0: Yeah. And that's, well, that's interesting because I remember Twilight first got popular... It got, po- the books got popular a while before the movies did. And I remember when, I remember that I had, when I had friends that liked Twilight before it was cool. Like they would talk to me, they'd be like, oh, I'm reading this book called Twilight. There's this hot vampire in it. And my friends would be telling me this in like seventh grade. So that would have been like 2005 or so. Um, And so that was the, you know, the Harry Potter movies and even the Harry Potter books were still coming out at that point. But I I, I guess it's maybe that was part of the the whole like, you know, why a fantasy phase that people were starting to pick up on. I guess Twilight isn't really fantasy, it's like paranormal, but I don't really know the genre lines.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just take a look at who the audience that read it was, and that's where we'll find the purple cow, I assume, because Nickelodeon's was children.
0: Yeah. Twilight, Honestly, was, was Twilight was it teenagers or what? Because I've seen I know a lot of like adult women who are like you know forty plus who got very invested into Twilight too, and I don't know if that was like a reliving youth kind of thing or what.
1: Maybe it was trying to cap, like capture the feeling of being a teenage girl because you got the girls that were like twelve that wanted to be sixteen, mm-hmm. and you got the forty year olds that wanted to be eighteen,
0: mm-hmm. and then you got the teenagers in there who were like living this it at is the me. time. Yeah, this yeah. is me. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there was a little bit of that. And it, so it had a, a wide appeal because that's the thing, the fantasy of, of being a carefree teenager is always there. I think that's why YA is so popular because um, middle schoolers read it because they're excited for that next phase of their life. High schoolers read it because it's where they're at right now. And then adults read it because they're trying to, their fear of aging and trying to recapture youth
1: yeah, but it's just, it's just it's so I, like i I don't think you could have planned Twilight success. I really don't.
0: Well, that's the thing with any purple cow, right? You can it's, never predict it.
1: Exactly. Um, and, if, when That's you one try thing and' that
0: Seth Godin talks about extensively like so everyone knows he talks about like the purple cow was impossible to predict. So people are like, so he's like, so if you make this product that fits a specific audience and it really stands out and does a lot of weird things, like how do you know for sure it'll be a purple cow? You can't. He repeats that so many times he's like you can't sometimes it will be, sometimes it won't be. You just have to take the risk. yeah, take what... the gamble on it
1: when 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 did Twilight come out?
0: I don't know. mid 2000s
1: yeah, that doesn't, okay, October 2005, so
0: yeah,
1: what was, what was going on there? We just invaded Iraq um, somewhere recently. New Orleans was underwater. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And so yeah, people wanted vampires.
0: I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's always a connection to what's going on in the world culturally with what people want for escapism as well. So it's hard, I guess. What our job is is to like you can look at it historically and try to figure it out. And then, if you're the one creating the product, you got to look at now like what are people going through now that we're going to look at as the major historical events, and what do they want as entertainment? Right now, we're going through a global pandemic.
1: And what do you want for entertainment? Oh, uh, OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's there. There was there's been um. You know, huge booms in ebooks for one thing. That's not only fans, but, you know, people sell romance and erotica and things like that. I think there's been a huge boom in just online uh, online sales in general.
1: I thought you said ho- huge boobs. I was about to say no. It's always shirtless guys on those covers.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like them. I think shirtless guys are tasteless.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you You like tasteful?
0: I like tasteful boobs.
1: You like tasteful boobs? So you don't think uh, statue of David is tasteful. That's just a naked guy.
0: <laughs> no, I just like, I don't, if a book has a shirtless guy on the cover, I'm probably not going to be drawn to it unless the guy is like average looking because I don't like shirtless, muscular guys, like guys who are super ripped really turn me off. I find that kind of gross. No offense to anyone. If you're a muscular man in this chat, I apologize. You just might not be my type.
1: I get it. You want a guy to pay more attention to you than themselves.
0: Maybe that's like if I was in therapy, maybe that's like the deep thing if you go deep down into it. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna
1: diagnose you because what better person to diagnose? I think you it's more
0: I'm of an OCD forgetting. thing though, honestly, where like I'm disgusted by body. So when you're like have all those abs, all I can think about is how when you're working out, all the sweat is going to be like trailing along the spaces in between the abs. And it's gonna be like like how it gets how things get trapped how the butter gets trapped in the waffle. You know what I'm talking about? It's gonna be like that and it that thought just grosses me out because I'm like, ew, that must smell so bad.
1: You don't like butter in your waffles?
0: Oh, I love butter on my waffles. I don't like I don't like muscular guys being sweaty. You,
1: you don't like buttered muscular guys? <laughs> Not at all, no. <laughs> you want you want your you want your breakfast to be more muscular than your guy?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: That yeah. makes sense. You yeah. you want you want you want your breakfast food to have abs. You don't want your guys to. Exactly. Yeah, now I, now I see it. I see I'd rather,
0: it. like, eat elk meat. I'd rather eat a super rather... Olympian than date one.
1: <laughs> well, you'd like elk meats, that's not saying too much.
0: <laughs> I know, but that's my point. It's like, if Joe Rogan's like, you're eating a super Olympian, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could, like, date a super muscular guy or I could eat a super muscular animal. I mean... I also don't like the idea that I know that I'm with a guy that I know definitively could take me in a fight. Like, that's upsetting to me. I don't like that.
1: So you can be Tyler up.
0: No, I can't. He's, he's way stronger than me, but I would, I would, I gotta keep working on it. I think that one day I could be stronger than him because he doesn't work out at all. Although even when I worked out constantly and he worked out literally never, he would still be stronger than me. And I hated it. It made me feel, it just it made me have such low self-esteem and made me feel so bitter at the circumstances of the world that like, I can't help that I was born with a smaller and weaker body than him. That's not my fault. I'm working so hard. There's no meritocracy. Free market is a lie.
1: Okay, guys, we're going to end it there. (laughs) I think that's that's the right place to end it. So thank you so much for coming to our show. Uh, We really appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. See y'all tomorrow morning. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for joining us today. Bye, Fred.